0: Welcome to Money-Making Conversation. I am your host, Rashawn McDonald. I recognize that we all have different definitions of success. For some, it's a sizable paycheck. Mine is helping people wake up and inspiring them to accomplish their goals and live their very best life. These are my passions. That's what I'm going to do for you by inviting guests on the show. I want you to stop tripping over small challenges and prepare to rise above the bigger obstacles that life will present to you. Every Thursday, my next guest uploads a podcast entitled Silence is Not an Option. It's a new weekly podcast series that he hosts. He can also be seen weekday during primetime hosting CNN tonight. The podcast Silence is Not an Option embarks on tough, honest and provocative conversation with activists, artists and thinkers, offering perspective about the nation's deep racial divide while exploring what Americans can do to help find a path forward. He is no stranger to success. Ebony Magazine named him as one of Ebony Power 150. He has won an Edwin R. Murrow Award for his coverage of the capture of the Washington, D.C. Snipers. He's won an Emmy for a special report on real estate in Chicagoland, AIDS epidemic in Africa and Hurricane Katrina. He's also won three more local Emmys on CNN tonight. He is known for holding politicians and public officials accountable. He earned a degree in broadcast journalism, from Brooklyn College and also attended LSU. He is on the show to talk about his podcast and the power of not remaining silent. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, a voice for black America, Don Lemon.
1: Oh, thank you. Wow. What an introduction. I need you to introduce me every night on my show.
0: Well, they do a great job of doing that, my friend, when I watch <laughs> you. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing. Um, you know, I, I met you a long time ago uh, when I was still managing Steve Harvey and the early years when you was, uh, you know, that's one we say we all find in that way. We all, you know, we all, uh, he came by the radio station and we sat down and we talked. Of course, you probably don't remember. You meet a lot of people over your journeys. But my first impression when I met you, a friend of mine, Noni Nicholas, that introduced us, was that uh, you were a person who wanted to do great things in life. Explain to us, who who is Don Lemon? We see you on TV, but who are you before we get into the podcast?
1: uh, Well, I am a truth teller and I'm someone who tries to uh, inform people. I've always been curious. About life, and um, I just—that's it. I just think I'm a truth teller.
0: And then, so you know, the pandemic hit, and then, then amidst Mm -hmm. all this, you know, we can't do anything but stay home and watch. Especially when they had this nationwide shutdown. When did the concept of a podcast start to brew and started, and then became a reality?
1: Uh, it started after, right after George Floyd. Mm-hmm. And we started tackling all these really tough things, conversations about race. People started asking me questions. What should I do? Um, you're on the forefront. You're at the matrix of this situation. I don't know what to do. Can you please help me out? And and then I just, you know, I figured someone, I, I, I was actually writing an email to CNN uh, to ask them to start a podcast. And lo and behold, I opened up my email and they were, they sent me an email saying, hey, Would you like to do a podcast? So so as they call it, serendipity. Oh, like
0: uh, a great minds think alike. That's another phrase that they could use because great minds think. You know, I've listened to your podcast and it's really, you know, uh, you know, I do a podcast and Mm -hmm. it's not. But your podcast feels visual. It, it, it feels it like a, it feels very visual, and especially opening. And you have such a great uh, tone to your voice, and you're a great storyteller. W- was that the goal? Because you know, I, I sit up. You know, you know, we all into audiobooks, we We all into the but. The, but the opening always feels like I can see the imagery of your of what you're trying to set before we actually get into the actual interview process. Talk about the whole production, and was that your vision, did other people come in and say, "Can we do it this way?" And you had some suggestions.
1: So the whole podcast world was, was something that was new to me. So I let the producers take the lead, but they go on the vision, pretty much the vision that I had. I told them what I expected out of the podcast, what I wanted to talk to people about some of the subjects and, and topics that I wanted to cover. Mm-hmm. And so they went from there, but I mean, the the producers are really good. I'm glad you, you said that, um, that it's, it feels visual to you because, that's quite an accomplishment when it comes to, to audio, as you know, having worked in radio.
0: Oh, you know, that's the interesting part about it, because the fact that, you know, you're on TV every night. Your, your 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 image, your look, your your voice. You know, your voice is becoming is starting to become such a, a commonplace in society that you know you can probably start talking in a room and somebody says, "Is that Don Lemon talking?" Because they know your tone, they know they know they know the, the the credibility of your addiction, and so that's why it was important to me. I said, "Well, I see him every every. I see, visually see him, and then when I went to the podcast, I went, wow. He still is achieving that visual concept that his voice is telling a story that is very colorful and how you open up mm-hmm. with these interviews and, uh, and these and these short uh, these short visual uh, storytelling moments is really important to setting the tone for your actual podcast. That's really really a dynamic that I think is a uh, it's not really a, it's not really normal in the audio podcast world.
1: Oh wow well. Uh, that's the first time I'm hearing that. So
0: come on, <laughs> God, God I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, no, I'm not, I'm not, I, I think I'm a very creative guy, but I do know exceptionally good produced quality and you are a guy who's popular. You're a guy who can't, let's put it this way, man. You have a credibility, a brand that cannot be, cannot be messed with, you know, because you know, when you go at CNN, you have that model there. And we and, and you know on CNN there's a certain degree of programming. When you get in the podcast world, you got people smoking weed doing shows. You got people. You got people having sex shows. You have all kind of shows out there in the podcast world.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: you know what I'm saying. Come on,
1: because I definitely because <laughs> I definitely would like to to hear and see some of that. You know, oh, I, no. was just, I was just I wasn't. It wasn't a podcast, but I was listening. I was watching. Um, uh, a Netflix thing on, on healing and, right. um, and mm-hmm. there was one on on tantric sex and I'm like wow man they're talking about everything out here now and absolutely the, the visuals were amazing right? oh, you think
0: they're talking about it on Netflix go to the podcast world and it's on fire out there it's on fire out there And so that's what I'm saying is that it's important that your brand translate in this world of anything goes you know this is like because nobody nobody basically has a has a has this, this disclaimers sometimes to be able to take content down you have YouTube subscribers you have you have a lot of things out there people and so that podcast world was the wild, wild west of entertainment. And so you wanted to be entertainment, but you also wanted to be informative, and also you wanted to be responsible. So when you came up with the title, the title, which is so important, you know, Silas is not an option. What was the basis of that title?
1: Well, the the basis was in this moment when we have, when we're talking about, you know, this George Floyd moment, mm-hmm. um, when you have all these issues happening, when you have people wanting um uh, equality, right. uh, justice, racial justice, criminal justice, so on and so forth. Is that you couldn't sit around, and no one should sit around and be silent about it. Right. Uh, no person who is who has a position of power, no white person or black person. If you feel, if you feel that you, if you're an American, mm-hmm. then you have a responsibility in this moment right. to speak <laughs> out and to um, and to talk about this because race is, is the race is the third rail. In American culture, you know, you touch it; it's a hot button. It's a hot rail. You're going to get shot. Right. And people, people want to, people want to have these conversations, but they're afraid to. They're afraid of, of being, um, uh, of being judged. They're afraid they're going to say something stupid. They're afraid of someone calling them a racist, and so on and so forth. And I don't think that I don't think that you should um, feel that way in this moment. I think it's time for all of us to let our guards down a little bit, to give people, um, to cut people some slack. And to talk about these things, and in, in order to talk, in order to, to change, you got to listen, and you have to speak. You got to ask questions. So yeah. in this moment, silence is not an option, and that's how that came about.
0: And it's brilliant. Um, were you surprised, as as I was, the the, the doing the, the marches, the protest marches, the turnout of white participants?
1: Um. Yes and no. Okay. I was surprised that I was I was. I was actually surprised that people um, that people actually did it for so long because I was surprised that they were doing it in the middle of a pandemic. Right. Was I surprised that we had um, in, in the moment that was, you know, watching someone basically lose their life in front of our very eyes on, on, you know, on television, you know, you had Ahmaud Arbery first, mm-hmm. and then you had, um, and so many before, but I mean, just in, in recent, you know, in the recent months, you had a, oh, a recent ride, a
0: recent hmm
1: Yeah. And so and then you had George Floyd. And I wasn't surprised that th- that would disgust anyone. And young people, um, you know, they don't feel the way us old folks feel. Mm-hmm. They're, they're ready. They're ready for this to be over with. They're ready for for the most part, if they're not being brainwashed by their their parents or some political uh, party or organization. They're ready for this whole race thing. To be done with, and I mean, and in a way that we not just like not just say, okay, let's get this over with, but in a way that we tackle it, we deal with the issues, and we stop, you know, we stop racism. I'm not surprised to see so many people who are not of color, so many different ethnicities out right. there. I was just surprised that they were out there in the middle of a pandemic
0: and still out there, and still out there, and then That's certain still cities. are out there. When I look at Portland, yeah. I go, okay, well, I've been to Portland, I've been to Seattle. The the black populations aren't aren't, uh, there with Black Lives Matter movement. And then you realize that the the, the younger white generation is saying, "Okay, enough is enough. We see. We saw. What don't you see? Why don't you understand these, these things that are happening? And when you when you talk about how do you pick your subject matter or your interviews for your show? And we're talking to Don Lemon. He's the host of the very hot, very hot, hot podcast. Silence is not an option. How do you how do you select your interviews?
1: Um, again, a collaborative effort, but we talk. You usually talk about the issues that are out there. I mean, mine. Um, it's easy, and then it's hard because it's easy in that we know that uh, that we our subject is going to be something that is that relates to race, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, and it's also easy in the sense that I feel that race touches almost every subject in America. If you if you look at Wall Street, if you look at finance, if you look at mortgages, if you look at healthcare, if you no, no matter what it is, I think race. Uh, plays a factor. If you look at policing, race plays a factor. If you look at sports, race plays a factor. So we know that we're going to be talking about the subject of race in whatever realm we may want to do it. And so um, really, we talk about the issues at hand. So now we have the sports world trying to figure out what they're going to do about COVID. And then you also have them trying to figure out what they're going to do uh, about justice. And so you've got all these players now who are feeling empowered. So we talk about sports, uh, the podcast that's out now. Is with legendary journalist Bill Roden, where we talk about uh, sports. And he, very provocative question that he raised during the podcast was, was integration good for black people and for black athletes and for black colleges? And, and I'm like, whoa, that was really profound. And we discussed that. Uh, We talk about um, education, the race, the the role race plays in education. That's one of our podcasts. Now we're, the subject that's coming up this week, we're going to talk about um, environmental justice right mm-hmm. what how does race play a role in environmental justice do mm-hmm. do people of color live in places that aren't environmentally friendly to them that causes them to get sick um that may you know they may be in a food desert and and so on and so forth but we have to figure out a way the tough part is making those subjects interesting enough that people want to tune in and listen to them and again i have to say I have to get my producers because you, you still think it's going to be things visual right. um, on subjects that people may not, you know, they may not be so, um, interesting to people in the moment, uh, but it's good that you feel that way when you listen to well, it. So that's how, that's, it's easy and it's hard.
0: Well, the thing about it is that we all know, you know, you are a face, but you win with great teammates and the teammates are the producers and the people who follow your vision. Oh, And, yeah. and one of the things about that that I love watching about watching you on TV is that, you know, your face tells a story too, you know, watching you because, you know, you know, if, if it bothers you, your face can sometimes, at least when I'm watching you, can tell me, Okay, he's not liking this, or he, or he's annoyed by this. And but it also it shows that your face can also show that you're ca- that you care. Your face can also show that you're happy. Your face, your face, can mm-hmm. also show that you're disappointed. Is that just natural? Uh, just Don Lemon being Don Lemon.
1: Well, yeah, that's me, Rashawn. Listen, I have to say, you know, when I first started to, and you know, you you would know this from from you know being in the business you want to be perfect. You want everything to be, you know, I got to get this perfect. I have to read this perfectly. I, think, right. you know, I can't portray anything I, I decided the, the the more I became me or let me shine on television where there's no difference between me on TV and off TV, the more successful I became, the more people started to tune into my show, the, the, the stronger and louder and bigger my voice became. And I said, wow, all I have to do is just be me because not a lot of people can do that on in in this industry they think that they have to be someone else they have to be perfect they got to re- be a robot they got to do this they got to do that when all you have to do is really just be you be authentic and and try to and try to portray what's right in the world. Right. Even when people are against you, then you'll be successful.
0: We well, you know that's perfect because I always tell people: if you're going to lose, lose being you. If you fall down, you can get up. But if somebody you is exactly. making believe, it's harder to get up because you don't have people. You know, you don't have the puppet screens anymore. Once you get cut, you have to be able to stand on your own two feet. And it was a classic example. I was watching the the night that uh, Kamala Harris was uh, announced as the running mate for Joe Biden. And you came on the air and you like you, you you broke that wall. You said, look, I'm going to do something a little different tonight. You know, Um, uh, I have six sisters and you know one of your sisters would have been 61 and uh and you were saying mm-hmm. that you you know black women being recognized and have been the backbone of the Democratic Party uh Trump does not poll well with women and that was a moment when I'm talking about when you said you know something, I can be done lemon I can say this I can I I can mm-hmm. articulate this relationship I have emotionally and how I feel about the announcement of Kamala Harris that's what you're talking about when you're saying when people listen to the show we all can be great actors, but in the end, it's who we are that's going to create sustainability and create the relationship or longevity in this business. Can you articulate on that?
1: Yeah, well, and it, but it's also too. I mean, it, it's also like an actor. It's, a, and I would say, and I don't mean like I'm acting or faking. It's like a performance. You have to be able to any performer, even if you're being yourself, you got to be able to hold the audience, right? Mm-hmm. You have to be able to sit or stand in your power. Uh, and, um, and realize and, and own whatever platform it is that you have. So I can sit there. I feel, you know, that I've gotten to a point where I don't have to fill dead air. Like I'm not worried about quiet, you know, silence is not an option in the podcast. I'm not worried. I'm not worried about, uh, silence on television. Sometimes that speaks more than filling it with words. That's something that I learned. Like when I'm sitting there and I'm trying to get my thoughts together and right. I go, huh. How do I say this? Wait, let me think about this
0: for. Right and that's what you did when you quiet and you you're when quiet. You, and you're quiet. You, yeah, yeah. And that's what you did when you when you made that. Like I always say, broke that third wall. Bring that wall of okay. Yeah. I am about to. This, this is not on. This is not on a teleprompter. Okay, I'm sorry, guys. I, I just I gotta say this because emotionally, everybody knows me. I'm a, you know we're fans of you, but the the be done Lemon. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to ask this general question because I, I, I manage a lot of talented people who are reach superstar level, and but in the entertainment side, and but you're in the uh, news side. You're in the side where um, you 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 know sometimes your credibility can be questioned. Sometimes uh, when you make a statement and it's the right statement, it can be questioned. How do you be? How do you maintain? Who Don Lemon is, and then maintain the message you're trying to deliver every night on CNN tonight.
1: Um, oof. well, I, I I realize that I have um, I have a great I have a great responsibility, mm-hmm. and I realize that I am I am lucky enough and blessed enough to be able to have this platform, and so the only thing that I can do with it is speak the truth. My truth, I should say. Right. And, but my truth may not always be yours. And so I, you know, and and so if you, well, you know, if you want to criticize me or what have you, then that's all part of the gig. Right. But I think the best thing I do is I learned that I don't take anything personally because most people who are, if they want to be critical, they don't really know me. And the more critical you are of me, uh, the, you know, whether you critical in a good way or in a bad way, that means that, that, that shows you the, how big, my voice is and my platform is and how powerful it is and how much you're tuning in because people will tune into people they don't agree with or people they as you know from being in the business hate watch or hate listen people absolutely. who hate you will listen to you or watch you more than people who like you absolutely because they need that they need to be fueled by it. they're like oh my god it pisses me off and so um you know they they need that stimulus so I don't take it personally and I just speak my truth and I try to speak for the, the person who doesn't really have a voice and for the people, for the people who don't have a platform. And I speak for the everyday people. And you know, right now, you know, it, it, it's, it's crazy, Rashawn, because yeah, everybody's calling me, not everybody, but the people who are mad at me because I have silence. I say silence is not an option. I speak out on issues of race, that I'm a race baiter. I'm a racist. If mm-hmm. you, you know, if you read the blogs and you read any of the, of the you know press i'm a racist why are you always talking about race why do you hate the white man why do i don't hate anybody i'm just speaking the truth and people get mad Mm -hmm. A, a white broadcaster can say the same thing i say and will not get criticized but for me because i'm black i get it especially from the bigots
0: Absolutely. And I I get it and I respect you. That's why the questions that I answer. I'm a black man and I know the type of business that you're in. I know the the level that you are when you when you because you are allowing yourself to be yourself in a CNN format. And when you slide over to this podcast world, this is actually a voice that you can dictate and control. And that's when the criticism, mm-hmm. the stings can come even stronger. We're talking to Don Lemon. he's an amazing uh, podcast called Silence is Not an Option. Every Thursday he drops a new show. It's a couple of things I want to ask you before we wrap up. That really on the COVID-19 side. Uh, early on in the COVID-19, uh, I was watching you and a lady called, you uh, was interviewing a lady and she had told you that eight out of 10 black people who are hospitalized in Atlanta. I don't know if you remember this interview had COVID-19. I'm going to tell you something. Mm-hmm. When when um, you had a stunned look on your face, if you saw my face, it would have matched it. I just could not believe that number. Mm-hmm. And so when you mm-hmm. get live, because I'm sure you get prepped for the shows, but when you get information like that, that sounds so incredible that eight out of 10 Covid 19 patients that were hospitalized in the city of Atlanta were African American. How do you compartmentalize that and then to go and still deliver what you have to deliver to the American people?
1: <laughs> I have to keep my composure. Number one, you know, I, I got bills. But number, number two, I, I've got to keep my composure so that I can convey I can convey it to the folks at home. But but I'm honest. I was honestly shocked. Like you, I'm like wait, wait, what?
0: That's what you did. You went, you, you went, and I was like, I was, I was like, I, I, I couldn't. In fact, I'm gonna tell you something. We gonna, I want you to continue. But I actually came to work the next day. I went. I watching Don Lemon, and he had some lady on talking about eight out of ten black people in in uh, who had COVID 19 in Atlanta were, were were black, and they were. And mm-hmm. I, then I, then I opened the AJC, which is the Atlanta Journal Constitution, and it was true. You, mm-hmm. I got to play that out behind closed doors in front of my employees. You get to play that out on national TV with a person in a kind of, in a Zoom TV. It was, I remember the, the 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 clarity wasn't that good. It was because she, she had a bad Zoom camera. And here mm-hmm. you are on national TV going, really? just the first time I've heard of any incredible information like that. Now you can continue.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, because it is. And I figure, you know, and that's the same way I ask questions that I'm asking. I, I try to sit there like a viewer right? and like people at home because people at home want to know, like, you know, they're getting me. The, I, I may have been prepped for it by producers. Right. A lot of it, some of it, you know, a lot of it is also happening live. And I don't, and and, you know, and I'll tell you, I'm getting this information when you're getting it. So you, 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 you know, bear with me. But, um. Yeah, because I'm speaking for the people at home. I'm asking questions for the people at home, just like you, Rashawn, the people who are listening to you, to us now. Those are the questions that I ask. Again, that's why I don't sit there and try to be perfect, like, you know when people, when your mom says, "Act like you've been somewhere." Right. Okay, I get that. <laughs> but sometimes you really haven't been somewhere, and you just have to. <laughs> right? and, I just have to say, I and, I have never been here, and I'm taking you here with me.
0: And guess what? I was alone for the ride, and I was like, I was, I was, I was so traumatized by the information. I actually tuned out the rest of the interview. I was like, "This is crazy." I went to those terminologies, those level of, of terms. Like, no way, no way. How could this be? Mm-hmm. And then, then you realize, okay. That then as you start playing off, you do the research, you realize that, you know, the COVID-19 was uh, uh, overtly affecting the people of color, people in the black community. And uh, and, and and then the, in the White House had nothing to say but whatever. And that also affects you emotionally. And then I want to fast forward to a recent interview, I believe, last week where you was interviewing this family. I believe it was in Florida and the husband and, the, and, and the, her father in law had died from COVID-19. Right. You was interviewing the family.
1: Yeah. It was a children's dad and granddad. They were both doctors. Yes. And they both c- contracted um, COVID and they both died, father and son. And I think they died a couple of days apart in the hospital.
0: I'm going to tell you something, Don. I know that was a difficult interview. I, it, at times. Yeah, it you, you know, you know, I, I, And so I, I wanted to bring that up in, in my interview with you just to show you the range you know the range. Sometimes you can get get lost in this information pool and just be doing your job. To see that here at the, at the height, at the very beginning of unknown, you find out that 80 percent of the people in COVID patients in, in Atlanta, Georgia were African-Americans. And then you do an interview last week A white family, attractive white family, because you mentioned that in your interview. And mm-hmm. they and they were doctors and they still were victims of COVID-19. And we still have people out here, you know, condemning masks, calling it a the fraud and all that. But you have to hold it together. And you have to be that that sustained Voice of reason, of credibility, and information—that's a tremendous burden, Don. I—I'm not trying to weigh you down, my friend, but I have to give you respect <laughs> because I love you, man. And I—and you can't—you can't stop. You can't stop. I won't let you stop, man. I—I I support you to the mountaintop because you are taking us there. And I just wanted to just talk about that range when you, from 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 that that black information at the pe- at the beginning of COVID, and we at the peak of COVID right now, and you're talking with the father and grandfather. Give us that. Give us that. That in, in the middle of all that, George Floyd.
1: Yeah, uh, and 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 George Floyd. But I mean, listen, you gotta. I, I, this is I gotta I'm, be honest with you. I've never. I don't. Nobody's gone through it, this before. I've never dealt with this before. Right. With anything like like this, with the with the race issue to this level, with the you know people being sick, obviously at home. Listen, a lot of people don't even know where their next meal is coming from. You've seen the lines out there for the, the food banks and, and mm-hmm. what have you. People at home, they don't even know if they're going to be able to pay their bills. They don't know if they're going to get evicted. They have no idea. This is unprecedented times. And then we have an administration who's pretending that it's not happening, who's also trying to restrict uh, voting rights and suppress votes. This is an unprecedented time. I want to I want to sit in my bed and not get out and pull the covers up and you know close the curtains. But I can't. I've got to I, I, – like you said – You don't want to bring me down, but that that's the responsibility I took on with this platform, and I have to bring it to people now, and I think it's even more important. It's never been a more important time to be a journalist in this country. And either you're going to do it right or or wrong. And I I hope I'm doing it the right way.
0: You're doing it great. Uh, You you state this this is a statement that came from your people. America is in crisis right now. A lot of people want to help but have no idea where to start. In our new podcast, we're going to dig deep into the reality of being black and brown in America and explore what you can do to help find a path forward. We'll have tough conversation with activists, thinkers, and leaders. I love that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar interview that you've done. But more importantly... Mm -hmm we get to rebuild america together don i want to i want to thank you for taking the time to allow me to have an honest conversation with don lemon okay <laughs> <laughs>
1: allowing me to do this as well. And I know you've been trying to get me for a while and I I had some scheduling issues, but I wanted to make sure that I I got on to speak with you. And I really appreciate the opportunity to speak to your.
0: And be safe and always know you got an advocate out here, man. And we're going to promote you and keep you at the front lines of information and also let you understand that your support group is very, very strong. There are haters, but the line of lovers, when I say lovers, I mean people who advocate what you stand for, advocate your voice and uplift what you're trying to do for us every night on TV and on your very, very successful podcast. Silence is not an option. Keep going and keep dropping them every Thursday. Okay.
1: Thank you very much, brother. I really appreciate it. You take care and you be safe. Okay. Love to you. Thank you.